Today's reading is taken from um, Isaiah 40, chapter, sorry, chapter 40, verse 12 to 26, and is found on page um, 724. So, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked of the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales, and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord, or instructed him as his counsellor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. To whom, then, will you compare God? What image will you compare him to? As for an idol, a craftsman casts it, and a, uh, a, craftsman, a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A man too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. He looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you know? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning, told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown. No sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes, look to the heavens. Who created all these? All this. Who, he who brings out the sturdy host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired of weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives his strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and, fell, stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not be faint. I went on, sorry. <laughs> it's the word of the Lord. <laughs> Hey, 
It's like extra thanks be to God for extra word of the Lord. It's like bonus word of the Lord. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, a few weeks ago, I went with my family to see the BFG at the cinema, or the Buffager, as it was called at one stage. Uh, the big friendly giant, I'm sure you're familiar with the Roald Dahl book, and if you haven't seen the film, then let me commend it to you. It's really beautiful, magical. Um, uh, and uh, the actor, Mark, I've forgotten his surname, who plays the BFG. Uh, Mark Rylance, thank you, is extraordinary. I was reflecting on why we love the image of the big friendly giant. And it seems to me that it's something to do with that deep heart desire that we each have to find one in whom there is strength and power and might and also tenderness and compassion and care. We look to the one who has the strength in their hands to, in the words of Isaiah, weigh the mountains on scales, scoop up the hills and balance them. I mean, it's a sort of fantastical thought experiment, but I think we each look to that personification of the God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who can, in his hands and arms, gather up Mount Everest or scoop the Pacific Ocean to one side. Of course, indeed, when we think about the enormity of the universe, God's hands must be very much bigger than even that. But we also look to a God who cares passionately and intimately for each of us. And it seems to me that that's what Isaiah is trying to communicate in this message for us today. He's trying to give us a sense of perspective, uh, an understanding of his enormity, the transcendence of God, and also his intimate care. The chapter that we read begins, Comfort, O comfort my people, for your years of hard labor are done. It's a promise of restoration. And those Billy Bonus verses that Julian read to us at the end remind us again uh, that uh, God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. There is definitely a message of comfort in Isaiah 40. But there is also a message to inspire awe and reverence. We're invited to see the earth from God's point of view, to imagine the earth with its people like grasshoppers. It's hard to imagine, isn't it, what it would have felt like to think about the earth before the adventures in space exploration of the 20th century. We benefit, don't we, from those satellite images relayed back from outer space that give us this kind of picture of the globe with weather patterns circling and, uh, and with land masses emerging out of the ocean. For most of human history, there were no such images. You had to use your imagination. And passages like this gave us an opportunity to think about what it would be like for the people that we see around us to be viewed like grasshoppers from above. This passage makes us feel smaller, less significant, perhaps. It could come to us as bad news, except that the other thing that this passage does is reminds us that the, the rulers of this world, the powers that be just now, the troubles we face, they too have a more finite reach. 
God brings princes to naught, reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. Four years goes in a flash. Five years. Whichever term you have in mind. So the rulers, the powers that be, are less significant and may seem less threatening to us. And yet, within this seeming moment of insignificance, we also remember that despite the view that God has in his transcendence, there is also this closeness, this proximity, this intimate care. I love the words of the Coldplay song, Politic, that begin with the words, Look at earth from outer space. Everyone must find a place. Give me time and give me space. It's this cry for each person to have a place a time, a set of relationships, a way of being and existing that is acknowledged. It's real, not fake. Give me real, don't give me fake. And Isaiah 40 has its ultimate promise of comfort in this, that not one of them is missing. Speaking of the stars of the universe, but also of us. God brings out the starry host one by one, calls them each by name, because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Each of the stars is called by name. Just so God is capable of seeing each of us, grasshoppers though we appear to him. We are given time, we are given space, and each one of us is known, not one of us is missing. Not one of us is missed by God, overlooked by God, forgotten by God. Rather, God does not grow tired and weary. And he gives us strength not to grow tired and weary. Our hope is renewed when we seek him and trust him.